0: Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk. Hello, everybody, welcome to Secure Talk, brought to you by AdaQuest, your. Security and Compliance Partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'm the co-host of SecureTalk, and I'm here with Hiram Machado. Hiram, how are you? I'm doing very good, Mark. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I'm excited to (laughs) to talk about uh, today's topic, which is threat detection and protection, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so when we talk about threats, I I think it, it might be useful before we jump into the detection and protection element, To talk a little bit about the threat landscape as it as it is right now and you know we can look at how the threats landscape has evolved um you know maybe 15 years ago 20 years ago hackers were people that did it as a hobby i mean the stereotypical view is a high school kid in his parents garage trying to hack into maybe his school network um, just to kind of show off his skills in front of his friends etc these days, that's not the case, though, is it?
1: It evolved a, some, a lot, right, from, from that perspective, right? Right. There's more, there's more stuff on the internet today, right? There's more data and more things to do on the internet. Therefore, there's more interest as well, right?
0: Right. And these days, hackers typically um, aren't always out there just to show off their skills. Um, they're doing it for financial gain. And that can take the uh, the the form of you know hacking in and stealing information, stealing sensitive data. It can take the um, the, the the form of uh, of a malware or ransomware campaign, where you know somebody opens a corrupted file um, and it encrypts all the data on your system, and then you have to pay a ransom to unencrypt that data or to get the uh, the data returned to you. And so you're seeing a lot more action or activity for these. Uh, amongst these hackers that um, are doing it for financial gain and then you also see nation states who are getting into the game as well and sometimes the nation states what they're doing crosses over with the um, the the syndicates who are out there targeting financial gain in fact if we look at the um, the 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 WannaCry uh, ransomware That the technology behind that was actually created by the U.S. government by the NSA somehow was leaked out into the dark web, and some of the bad guys picked it up and made a bunch of money off of
1: it and used it for their own for their gain.
0: Exactly, and caused a lot of trouble in the process. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people who listen to this show and a lot of the people that we meet say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm not working for." the uh the large you know the equifaxes or the sony's so i probably you know i i probably don't need to worry about getting hacked and you know really the hacking or the the successful uh, intrusions doesn't or breaches doesn't really happen all that often because i mean i just read about it maybe once a month or something like that but that's that's wrong on a couple counts right
1: well that is true mark five years ago <laughs>
0: okay perhaps <laughs> right. right
1: but uh the reality is things are changing so much right now and uh with the, the advance advancement of technology around uh, the the bot technology, right, where computers can can emulate people, uh, the machine learning and artificial intelligence, a lot of these hacks are now automated. So they can do like attempts to, to hack or breaking to by the millions in a, in, a, in a matter of seconds. So right now, anything that's plugged to the internet is a target and, and hackers, they don't really care. They just launch their, their scanning, go after whatever they find and once they break in, then they'll figure out whether there is something there or not. Therefore, you, know, you are as exposed to, <laughs> as an individual, as exposed to uh, potential hacking as, as the larger corporation. Right,
0: so when, when hacking was a manual process, um, hackers, like all of us, are limited with time and resources. They want to go after the big fish. But now that they can automate these campaigns, they can basically go after anybody or any organization regardless of the size and so you can't assume that just because you hear about you know these these uh, breaches occasionally in the media that it's not happening it's happening every day and you can't assume that you know whether you're a small medium-sized uh, organization or just an individual that the hackers aren't coming after you in fact, you if you have a presence on the internet, you will be hit. And there are a lot of famous quotes out there from you know uh, people who are in the FBI and other organizations. It's almost getting to be cliche these days, but you know the whole thing about it's not if and when uh, if you, when you'll be hacked or if you'll be hacked. It, it, it's it's uh, actually I said that wrong. It's not uh, if you'll be hacked. It's when. Mm-hmm. And um, what's the other one about? I like the
1: one from from the former XBI director. He said there are only two types of companies in America. The ones that have been hacked, and the ones that don't know yet they have been hacked.
0: Exactly <laughs> right, and the the, the 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 permutation of that one or the iteration of that one is the ones that um, have been hacked or the ones that haven't been hacked yet. But in in many cases, I mean, you know, we're not we're not the largest company in the world, but we get hit on a regular basis.
1: Oh, if you check our logs, and and we are you know very comfortable and, and well protected, but when you look at our logs, we're being hit almost every day. And, uh, and every week when I look at the logs, it's, you know, dozens and dozens of, uh, of attempts to penetrate our network. Something interesting to, to highlight, Mark, is that, you know, an average intruder, once they penetrate your network, if they can't find an account with which they can go into your network, an average intruder stays on your network for about 180 days. So what are
0: they doing during that time?
1: Well, there is a lot of things they might be doing. Number one, they are watching what's what's going on, right? And mm. there is something now called social engineering. Have you heard of that? Yes, yes. Yeah, and the, and the, the social engineering is really when hackers are t- trying to understand who is who within that organization. Who sends information with what type of information. And it's very common, and we have seen some of our customers dealing with this, uh, situations where... All of a sudden, a person in an organization who is a controller, for instance, who has the ability to perhaps transfer money and, and, and transact money in that organization, all of a sudden receives an email from the CEO saying, hey, I'm, I'm busy right now, but I need you to, to transfer such money uh, quickly. And uh, often they go all the way to the extent of figuring out, looking at the agenda of that CEO, knowing that he's indeed in a, in a meeting, Right and send an email to that controller who they now know is used to receive an email from the CEO asking for money transfer, right? And they emulate being the CEO and say, I need that money right now, I'm in a meeting, I'm busy, can you please transfer the money? Right. They're usually trying to- Create some sense create of urgency. A sense of urgency and, 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 and or, or fear, mm-hmm. right? And cause to cause that person to act mm-hmm. on it. And uh, if you don't have the right controls and security in place, uh, and by the way, this is happening all over the place. I have seen this uh, over and over in the last several months.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was at a, a security association meeting recently, and they had a um, an investigative security a forensic security specialist there, and he was talking about a recent case where a titling agency um, somebody had hacked into their system was observing the emails. Um, they had. What they would do is they would see when somebody was ready to close on a house and wire their their money, okay, to escrow, they intercepted the information and then they sent an email to the paying party, or to the buying party who was gonna transfer the money, saying, um, we, can, we cannot take a cashier's check, you need to wire the money. And they created an address, um, that looked I- almost exactly like the, the normal address, but it was one letter off, and the people wired a half million dollars. Uh, fortunately, in this case, they were able to recover, I think it was like 480000 of the half million, but that's still a $20,000 hit. And you can imagine this goes on n- countless times a day, right? And, and sometimes they're not able to recover any of the money. So you have to be careful out there. You have to be cautious.
1: And the interesting thing, Mark, is that, a lot of that doesn't really make the news right right you know you, you hear a lot about these equifax and and the big ones the target a few years ago sony not long ago but you know we don't hear about all of these smaller uh, uh, attacks and and uh, and that are happening
0: daily right. right so i've heard you say before and i, heard, I, I think this is um common in the industry that uh, you should assume breach yes what does that mean?
1: Well, you know, it used to be that uh, people spend a lot of time and focus on developing capabilities or technology to protect your environment, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But protecting is one thing. The analogy here is, uh, you know, assume that, you know, you you have been Mm broken, right? And then now we need to think about, okay, how do I contain? Now, if I am, if I have a bridge, how do I contain to minimize the impact of, in, in, of that bridge, right? And and basically, you have to have different gates of security all the way along, with understanding that at some point somebody will break in. It's almost impossible to protect technology is advancing so f- quickly, so fast. And it's not all about only protecting; it's about protecting, understanding uh, how to to react should you break in, and have the right level of responses. You know?
0: Okay. So what you're saying is. You know, if somebody gains ac- access to your system, um, you should have some gates in place so that you kind of com- compartmentalize their access. So you or you can create containers right. where, you know, your information, your data um, is uh, you might have access to this area, but I'm not going to be able to get in access to everything. Is that right. It's
1: like it's like having checking points, right? You yeah. have a checkpoint every every way through. So we can v- validate and revalidate if that user, if that that, uh, that transaction is indi- indeed a, a valid transaction.
0: Yeah, and then at every one of these checkpoints, um, if your system can detect some kind of anomalous behavior um, or, or there is some other type of detection there, maybe you can force some type of authentication or something, right? Yeah. So
1: I think it would be nice to, to explain anomalous behavior because you, you put something well and… Um,
0: well, I mean, I, for those uh, for anomalous behavior is basically something out of the ordinary, right? And um, you, you mentioned that the hackers sometimes, uh, they'll, they'll get on your network and sit there and they'll be watching and they'll see what people are doing and they will try to kind of model their behavior based upon what they're seeing. But all of a sudden they say, you know what? Now's the time to go for the big data dump, right? right. And they're going to go after some files, and send some sensitive files. And you know, if your system is set up correctly, they'll notice that hey, you know what? The person with those credentials has never accessed those files before, or never tried to download them, load them, or try to share them. This is kind of strange. Maybe we should flag this, or maybe we should um, put a put a, a wall up on it. So, uh, you know, it's basically detecting something that's kind of out of the ordinary, right, and yeah. and it's it's really a, a useful tool to 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 detect uh, intruders.
1: Yeah, I like the impossible travel one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, why
0: don't you explain that one?
1: Yeah, well, the impossible travel is um, when you are or the system is basically tracking where you're logging in from, and uh, if you log in from you know, United States at five minutes later, you are logging in from China or Nepal, right? That's considered impossible travel. You can't possibly be there. And that could be a sign of your account is compromised. And uh, so y- if you have the right systems in place, the system will basically flag or even interrupt that, that uh, additional login from, from doing anything on the network and, and protect your, your systems.
0: That's a a really good example and and something that every system should be set up to detect, I would think. Um, Going back to the idea of setting up walls or gates um, or containers on your system or platform to contain um, these intruders if they happen to gain access, uh, I like the, it's not necessarily a wall, but it is a barrier, the just-in-time permissions, Mm -hmm. which also kind of limit your exposure. Um, can you talk a little bit about the just-in-time permissions?
1: It is, yeah, that's very interesting um, new capability. You, you can see that on Azure, uh, the current Microsoft Azure has that concept. So basically, if you think about threat, the number one accounts that are, are sought by uh, you know, any attacker is the administrator account, right? Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, the administrator has the keys of the kingdom, right? And it can do anything in the network. So if a attacker get a hold of that account, he's the king. Uh, so what do we do is to make sure that people have access to what they have administrative access only for the time that they need administrative access. So basically, the concept is you you keep everybody as a regular user, therefore with limited access to the network, and a administrator, somebody who may have the ability to elevate their credential to administrator, can c- can uh, activate his account as an administrator, will receive, therefore, a second factor authentication, MFA, we mm-hmm. call it. Will receive a second way of authenticating himself and then his account will be made an administrator account so he can execute whatever he is supposed to execute on. And, uh, and after a period of time, that account will just go back to being a, a regular user account. So the point is, if that account is ever compromised, the attacker will not have access to all of the right they won't
0: have the ability to boost their um, authority level or, uh, or to an admin because they won't be able to do that mfa right
1: they, they won't be able to respond to them in fact
0: adaquest actually created um or developed a product that goes that works with microsoft azure it's the uh it's it's, the, it's called the easy pin
1: the other ma- azure easy pin yeah it's an, uh, a phone app to just to make it easier for the user to activate his account. So if you're working with Azure, and and in order to execute on that activation, you have to go to Azure portal and click a few clicks and uh, then activate your account, receive the MFA on your phone, and then you are ready to go, right? So what we did was was to simplify that process. So basically from your phone, you just uh, log in on your phone, click activate my account, receive the MFA and uh, validate, and you are ready to go. So you don't have to go to Azure Portal to um, activate your account. Also, for, from an Azure perspective, it also have a workflow for approval. So, depending on how you set up your system, uh, in order for you to activate your account, you may need somebody else to approve that activation. So, again, with EasyPIM, you can on your phone, you know, uh, either request uh, 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 the activation of your account and or approve if you're if no, i wanted assume.
0: to take a look at EasyPIM pim and, and use that myself i i, I assume that I have to be a, of course an azure user um where can i get the EasyPIM app?
1: yeah azure easy PIM is available on um, I- ios for ios for android and for windows uh on their stores okay so you just go to the store look for azure easy Pim, mm-hmm. and you see it right there
0: great excellent um let me ask you this let's talk a little bit about Threat detection and protection. So what tools or processes would you advise or what would you like to talk about in terms of you know, detecting intrusions and then protecting against them?
1: Yeah, so yeah, usually when you think about threat, you wanna think about three g- different things, right? There is the threat prevention, the threat detection and, th- and response. Okay. Right. And you have to have capabilities around those three pillars, if you will, right? Uh, the reality is, when you think about this, uh, you know, an average enterprise company they have in, they engage with anywhere between fifty to sixty different software solutions <laughs> companies for protecting their infrastructure. It's crazy. So sixty,
0: fifty to sixty different, fifty to sec- sixty
1: different security s- security vendors. Vendors, right? Okay. Uh, when you think about, well, I need a, a you know a firewall. Then I need something like to protect my email. So antivirus. Like, then I need an antivirus. Detection. Then I need a malware detection. When they add that up, it's really uh, uh, the average enterprise will will have as many as fifty to sixty. So how do you reduce that? How do you control? And they have to work with each other, right? Right. So uh, one of the things that uh, Microsoft is doing, right, is they came up with the Microsoft Enterprise Mobility and Security. Okay. That's a package. And a lot of the capabilities around um, prevention, detection, and um, response—it's—it's response. It's right there as one package, as one license. So when I think about it, I really like. I don't think Microsoft is there yet, where they can really replace all of the fifty and sixty different uh, security capabilities. But uh, they're moving toward that; they're going that direction, right? And well, a lot if they can,
0: re- if they can replace
1: half of it it's solves, already it's already yeah it costs, already.
0: probably costs uh, cut costs and saves me a big headache but again i want i want to go back to that specifically then what tools or you know would you recommend for threat detection protection and response i mean can, can you give some examples
1: yeah so if you, if you're on microsoft platform i the azure security center is um is a is a is something that we like to use right mm-hmm. so there's a secret center so once you set it up you have the ability to look at your the activities around your network for for malware detection for antivirus detection and you can really control your organization from that central place and see what's going on with your organization that is what we use that's how we monitor what's going so on so what do you
0: see when you when you're in the, on that dashboard
1: yeah, on that dashboard flags you first of all it lists all of the malware attempts okay uh, successful and not successful ones mm-hmm. so we, uh, and if you have the right alerts in place right you be um, uh, uh, alerted right away if in case of a successful intrusion mm-hmm. and uh, and you can act on it right away right and that acting means you might uh, you might uh, Change the password of an account because you know which account has been compromised. You might put in quarantine uh, a specific account, but uh, that is the primary uh, kind of dashboard that we use to to look at and, and see what's going on from a threat attack perspective.
0: Okay, let's jump tracks a bit here, and let's talk about the importance of having a reliable uh, information provider. In terms of what I'm th- talking, thinking about is patches that need updating, um, malware um, alerts, you know, um, links that, obvi- that are obviously leading you um, in the wrong direction. I mean, if you're trying to figure out as a, you know, on your own, is this a good link? Is this a good email? And you're trying to update or inform all the people in your organization, um, it can be quite tough. But if you have some type of resource that's sharing that information with you, it can make your job easier. And especially if you can kind of automate that or embed that into your IT infrastructure. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, Well, that is, when you look at the major cloud providers, Mm -hmm. and if you you have any, uh, most organizations today we have a hybrid environment, right? Where they have some capabilities on premise and some capabilities on the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're using a major cloud provider, most of them will have some very advanced uh, capabilities around tracking what's going on, you know, throughout the network, and uh, and uh, applying any protection uh, for everybody once they identify a threat. So in the case of Microsoft, they have about f- 400 billion authentications happening throughout their systems every month. 400 billion? 400 billion authentications happening every month, and they collect a lot of metadata about that four hundred millions, and they can see uh, trends, and they can see, often they see like the movement of a new attack uh, happening, and once they identify that, they they zoom in into that into in, into that issue, they analyze it, they uh, apply the right Protections when they identify it, and the interesting thing is they apply that throughout the entire Office
0: right? 365, Office 365 user, base. Yeah, user okay. base,
1: and and everybody gets protected. So there are some um, some stories around the uh, attacks that were initiated, and within uh, I remember that uh, this last one that I read about, it took Microsoft about twelve hours between a. Susp- been a being a suspicion right they suspect on something they start the investigation that one thing and 12 hours later they had a fix that prevented that from spreading well. so they basically identified that on a handful of customers that happening they zoom in and in 12 hours they had a fix they and nobody else was was
0: so, so in some ways and again i'm not here to promote or sell uh, microsoft products or services um, I guess the same can be said for any large cloud provider, but you know if you're using uh, Office 365 um, or Azure, um, you're part of a big global community that is kind of set up to protect itself. And that community may get attacked on the other side of the planet, but is almost instantaneously able to share that information with, with the rest of the community all around the world. And you benefit from being that, Whether but if you were just on your own, um, you're going to get hit because, as you said earlier, these attacks are automated. It will happen. Everybody's getting hit, but you're not okay. going to be- benefit from being part of this global protective community. I, I, I don't know if that analogy makes sense or not, but um, um, I, I kind of feel that's that's the, the, one of the benefits of that telemetry. And then if you look at um, a lot of the successful intrusions just come be- because companies have failed to keep their patches updated or they don't have a, a good patch policy um they've they've (laughs) forgotten to um update and i I think if we talk about equifax you know there was a patch that had been available for a couple months and they had failed to install that and so well one one thing is you need to have an effective a a patch policy but you need to be attached to some organization or some resource resource that's (laughs) updating you and saying hey you know, alert. You need to, here's a patch that's available, you need to install it, right? And if you're working off on your own, that's a little bit difficult. But again, if you're part of one of these global communities, um, it, there is some benefit there. Does that make you sense? Know, I would
1: go one step further from companies not being, not keep, keeping up with their patches of their softwares. Um, in, in all honest, most of the, the clients that we start working with, small and mid sized clients, most of them will have software altogether that are no longer supported, right? So not only they did not keep up with patching the, the software, they're still using operational systems that are no longer supported. Therefore, there isn't even a patch for them. And often there are holes and, and, and secured gaps known by attackers on those right. softwares that are all no longer being, being worked on or supported by because they ran, ran, out, ran out of support. So uh, 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 the, the situation is more critical than just not running the patch.
0: Because in that case, there's no patch available. In that case, it is it's not no longer even supported. No what no longer. would you advise an organization where they have um, devices or operating systems, applications that are no longer supported by the, the vendor? Um, mm. uh, what, what, what would your advice be?
1: Yeah, you know, often uh, um, what we have seen is they don't even realize that that is the case, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say for every small and, and mid-sized organizations, uh, number one thing is get an inventory. Okay. Get an understanding of you know where you are, what kind of licenses you have, uh, and whether those licenses are up to date, right? And if they are not up to date, take action, right? It's very important that you take action. You, you talk about the WannaCry, right? Early on in, in this yeah, show.
0: the show. The WannaCry ransomware, right? Ransomware,
1: right? And, a lot of it was Windows XP okay right now we are talking about large organizations in, in, primarily in the UK that, that was that were, were hit, hit right? right primarily in the UK large hospital healthcare organizations is still using Windows XP <laughs> from several years ago right and that's how they, they got in in the first place and and the Windows XP you know uh, deficiencies are well known right. by by many hackers. So uh, th- 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 my advice is get an inventory of what you have, understand whether they are, you know, up to date with patch or not, and, and execute on it.
0: Okay. Well, we're <clears throat> running towards the end of our, our, our time here. Um, maybe we can do a, a, a brief summary here. Basically, uh, you know, the th- the threat landscape has changed. Everybody is going to get hit. It doesn't matter how small you are, where you are, if you're on the internet. You're going to get hit, and a lot of these campaigns, most of them um, are automated, right? And they're going to come after you. Uh, What you need to do, though, is you need to have a system in place. You should assume breach. Um, And so if you assume breach, that means that you've set up your IT infrastructure in a way that if, 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 uh, if somebody gains access to one part of your infrastructure, you have gates or barriers in place that will limit their access to the rest. You can also use things like um, just-in-time permission to make sure that nobody has the admin credentials on 24-7. Um, you need to be plugged into some t- sort of telemetry that will let you know or update your system that, hey, you know, these are bad links, this is ma- this is malware, this is a phishing campaign. Um, you need to be aware of some of the social engineering things that you talked about. And then, um, you know, if if there's if if there's a breach, uh, you need to be able to also kind of monitor and see what damage has been done. Um, was there anything else?
1: No, I think that summarizes it. So, just uh, uh, I, I think my 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 hope and goal here is that people that listen to this broadcast that they now understand that is actions to be taken, and they they go back to their organizations and they they look into you know, what's their their current status is so they can make a decision and act on it.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, Hiram, thank you very much. Um, thank you, Mark. This was a, another episode of Secure Talk brought to you by Adiquest, your security and compliance partner. Wish you all a very happy and safe, secure week. Take care, everybody. Thank Bye-bye. you, everybody.